2: No games on the schedule. No. That doesn't stop us from talking football. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show, presented by Raising the Stakes fundraising and leadership development. Here are your hosts: past WFCA president Tom Swiddle and WSSP High School Insider Big Time Mike McGiver. No!
3: Welcome to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the States Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He is the past president of the WFCA. He's a WFCA Hall of Fame member and current head football coach at Milwaukee Tech, Tom Swiddle. Coach, how are you? I'm great, Mike. How are you today? I'm excited. This is a really big week. This is a big. This week. This is a big week for our show. Yes, yes. And one I, of our spe- Every show is special, Mike, but this yeah, one maybe just, is especially special. This <laughs> is because I remember two years ago, and how you guys kind of tricked me, and and it's just like such a great thing the, 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 to announce the, who's going in the the the, uh, the 2019 Hall of Fame is is really cool. We are joined by Dan Brunner. And he is uh, the executive director of the WFCA. Dan, how are you?
4: Good, Mike. Good to see you.
3: Ben, this is a fun day for you, too.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It, it is, uh, as, as Tom alluded to, it's one of our premier events that we do is a Hall of Fame.
3: Yeah, you guys laugh, and I had just thrown pens at people. That's the kind of guy I ever had. <laughs> You got to get attention. I got to get, get people's <laughs> attention somehow, <laughs> some way when we're in the studio. Hey, tell me about, if you can't, Dan, Dan, the process of of selecting the coaches and, and and how that works.
4: Well, uh coaches are nominated uh throughout the year by uh WFCA members and uh it, it's really uh an exclusive club. Uh, we only select 10 Hall of Fame members each year and then and then some very exclusive award winners. Yep. So um then the the people uh, that are nominated are sent forms and then they uh, they fill those forms out with their all of their data and their history and their coaching record and, and their achievements and so forth. And and that's compiled uh, by John Hoke, our Hall of Fame chairman.
3: Well, I'm glad you said that
4: because he's on the line. and oh, So we're
3: going to have him join the conversation. And
4: John can fill, fill fill you on the rest of that.
3: Perfect. Hey, John, how you been? Good, good, good. good. A little warm, but I'm yeah. uh, doing well.
4: <laughs> you know, you guys should
3: get your boys out doing two two a days and oh. some you know, nutcracker yeah. drills or something. That this yeah. Be, yeah, I think uh, – I think you just need one hour a day for enough for that. <laughs> well, back in the day, John, you know, the, us old guys. Hey, um, I talked to Dan a little bit about the process on how you guys select um, the winners of, of being put in the Hall of Fame and the coaches that been nominated. Can you talk a little bit about about that process as well?
0: Yeah, I can. Uh, I just heard Dan saying, you know, that uh, we get nominations and they come in and then we have them uh, – we send them an information sheet, and they can fill out uh, all their information. And the more they fill out, the better. You know, it's not a time to be humble at all at that time. It's, it's just to you know, fill it out. And, and then we uh, put it in a rubric that's one way, and then we get a letter of recommendations from them. And then our, our, our group kind of studies them. They get those uh, in advance, and, and they uh, look at um, where where what they have. And, and then we then we do a vote and uh, they either get in or they don't, you know, at this particular time. And sometimes, uh, you know, they don't get in the first time because we have some great candidates left over from the year before.
3: Well, boy, I, I, I'm looking at the uh, – and I'm not going to give anything away, but this this is a really good class this year. Yeah. It, it really is, yeah. and there's some some names that are going to jump off the the, the the page at you. I can tell you that. And being part of it a couple years ago, the event itself is is so cool. It just really is a really cool thing to be a part of, and uh, I'm sure that these guys are excited. They will be excited when they hear that they're going to be in the 2019 WFCA Hall of Fame class. Hey Tom, um, when 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 you what year did you get? Uh, were you in 2009? Uh, do you remember getting that call? I do. If well, I was. Um...
5: It was actually the All-Star Game weekend that the committee met, and um, I was up there for the All-Star Game. Right. I, I was a part of the festivities, if you will. And uh, so I, I found out, like, then. And um, it, what was really um, neat for me is a really, really good friend of mine, John Colstad, the former coach at Green Bay East, also got in. It, to go in with, with John Colstead, who – for me, it was like a mentor. I played for his dad in college, and John and I were, were like brothers. And the fact that I could go in
3: with John meant so much. Boy, Dan, uh, same question for you.
4: Yeah, well, for – and, and uh, I got the call from uh, Dick Rundle, who sure. was the executive director at that time, and it I mean, it was just – it floored me. It just yeah. floored me. It was exciting. Hey, John,
3: did you make those calls then? Yes, I do, and it's one of the most exciting parts about this
0: process that I have. Uh, you know, last year I caught somebody who was climbing the Rockies at that time and called me, back, called me back and said I didn't have reception. Called you back and what do you need? And I told him. He said, "Oh my God, I it's just beautiful climbing here." But I said, "You made my day." And I caught somebody out in South Dakota at the Badlands this year on on vacation, and and uh, it, it's just amazing. And they they're they're so. Uh, thankful for the call and and listen to them their excitement. I mean, I, the one in the Badlands, the wife was in the background and she heard it and she's screaming and all <laughs> <laughs> so, That's so awesome. Pretty, really, it kind of gives me a little bit of a, a shiver and a little bit of a goosebumps myself.
3: Well, it 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 you know, for the event is 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 unbelievable. But when when these guys get that call, all the hard work that they put in and and, and th- to get recognized with as you talked about a very exclusive group Dan and and everybody strives to be part of that group and whether they tell you that or not th- they strive for it oh, they, yeah. they, they, they hope may- maybe one day I'll get that phone call and and I'll get a chance to be part of that and it really is a it's it's a group of uh of guys at least the guys that I know care a lot about you know high school football college football in the state of Wisconsin
4: yeah. And, and the kids, I mean, it, you bet. It, it, to, to a person, you know, they, and their staff, it, everybody who gets in, you know, the first thing they say, Hey, this isn't about me. This, you know, I'm not the only one being honored here. There's a group of guys that have coached with me over the years. You know, they're part of this.
3: Well, and I love the fact that you guys recognize assistant coaches as well. I oh, yeah. yeah, think that that's really important.
5: That's a lifeblood of a program. Mm-hmm. Are your assistant coaches, yeah. without question?
3: Yeah, because they, you know, they put in a lot of time and 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 sweat equity as well. And I think it's really cool that that you guys do that.
5: You know, one of the things that uh, being a part of the Hall of Fame committee and and looking at all of the information on the candidates, one of the thing that I've always been impressed um, uh, on is. You know, it's not just the football aspect, but when you read about their other the other things that they've done, you know, the, the the teaching awards they've received, the the citizenship or you know local civics awards and so on. I mean, these these guys are typically not just great football coaches, but they're also solid individuals who c- contribute greatly to their
4: community. Yeah, they're Hall of Fame men. They're they're not just Hall right. of Fame coaches. Yeah,
3: I agree with that. Well, this will be a fun show for us. I can tell you that. Hey, John, thank you very much for a couple minutes your time. I, I really appreciate it. Um, we're gonna the next two segments. We're gonna announce the winners of the 2019 WFCA Hall of Fame class, and I appreciate you you talking about the process a little bit today.
0: Well, thank you, and I appreciate you having me. Uh, the challenge for all three of you right now. I'm at Łazika <laughs> at a passing tournament. And you tell me where Wazik is? <laughs>
4: uh isn't that near Platteville? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not far from Lancaster. <laughs>
0: You're right, hey, honestly, it's <laughs> almost right by Prairie to Sheen, so. Okay, I, that was going to be my. Guess, oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey John, hey you guys have a great day. And I, I really appreciate this radio show, and this is a great time that those guys get the honor, and they, you know, that other people get to learn about it.
5: And John, thank you for all you do being Hall of Fame chairman. Thanks, John.
0: Well, thank you. It's an honor just to have this uh, responsibility.
3: Excellent, thank you, John, very much. You bet. Hey, before we get to a break, your boy over here going back.
4: Yeah. Oh he, yeah. He
3: was retired. He was, you know, everybody thought,
4: and then bang, he's <laughs> going to change. Uh, I've been pressing him to change the name back to Boys Tech. Boys Tech. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm going to get <laughs> real fired with that. First of
3: all, good luck with that. I don't think he's going to look great in purple. No. <laughs> I think Ingrid's going to look great. In purple, oh yeah. But I don't oh, know. Yeah. If t- I don't know, man. I'm so used to him and. In that uh, Brookville East uh, blue that this purple is going to be tough for yeah, me, Yeah, it's,
4: it's exciting for all the former Trojan alumni. Hey, I went there as a freshman. Wow. Yeah. You didn't know that, did you? You, I told, you told me that. I'm uh, still
3: waiting for that like tech hat. I'm sure you're bringing it I've got a tech wristband oh, for you. There you, you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Actually, Matt. I got it, and I will give it to you at break. That's awesome. I look forward to putting it on. Hey, we're going to get to a little bit of an early break because I want to give us as much time as we need to be able to announce the 2019 WFC Hall of Fame class, and we'll do that. We've got Dan Brunner, the executive director of the WFC, and certainly my co-host, Tom Swiddle, in studio. This is the Pick and Save, Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes, Fundraising, and Leadership Development. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle and Dan Brenner, Executive Director for the WFCA. And this is a big show for us every year. And I really appreciate these guys doing this and and naming the 2019 WFCA Hall of Fame class on this show. So let's start it out. Um, Let's start with head coaches, Dan, if we can.
4: Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh f- first on the list is Mike Bartholomew from Oak Creek High School.
5: Mike Bartholomew friend of the show Mike he's been yes. on several times and and uh yeah Mike has a really distinguished career. He had 16 years in as a college assistant before he got into high school um football, but he was 17 years the head coach at uh, Oak Creek. Uh 93 wins, two conference championships, 10 years in the playoffs. Um, he was seven years a WFCA district rep, and and that is something that you know. Again, the committee looks at you know what have you done you know within the WFCA, and and Mike or Bart, as we call him, has certainly put in his time there. And uh, two Coach of the Year awards, and uh, he might have the record for most times coaching in the All Star game. He's coached yeah. in the All Star game four times.
3: Is he really? One yeah. as a head coach, he was the head coach last year for the South. I'm going to miss having him in this. You're right. He's been a friend of this show and my high school show. And to have him in studio, man, he's just very knowledgeable. and comes from a good tree. I got a chance to meet his dad. Oh, at the yeah. I was just going to say been...
4: that, Mike. The apple didn't fall far from the tree. No. The the original Bart, right. his dad, Bill, is who, who actually, um, when I was playing at Boys Tech, he was the head coach at Milwaukee South, South Division. Just a phenomenal human being, and Bart, you know what? What a credit to his dad. Yeah.
3: I think he's going to get sick of the heat in Vegas. No, he back. texted no, no. me no. yesterday. <laughs> Bart texted me yesterday
5: and said it's great in Las Vegas, and I said, "Well, it's kind of hot and humid here, so <laughs>
4: yeah. you should be happier he made there." The
3: winter so much. I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead. No, I uh, yeah. is there? Is that it for yeah, yep. for Bart? Okay.
4: All right. Next on the list, Ken Bellinger from Frederick High School.
3: Ken, uh, Mike, this is—he's coached fifty-two years. Oh man!
5: And I, Dan, maybe you know I, because I don't. But he's also in the Minnesota, Minnesota Hall of Fame. I don't know how many coaches we have in the Wisconsin Hall of Fame that are also Hall of Fame members in other state associations. But uh, fifty-two years as a as a head coach, seventeen here in the state of Wisconsin. He's won two conference championships. He's been in the playoffs 13 years. District Coach of the Year in 2003. 104 wins Wow. At Frederick That's High School.
4: Awesome. Yeah, Ken's a great guy and and extremely active. He was in the Minnesota Coaches Association. And same thing with the with the WFCA. Good Just for a him. class individual.
3: That's awesome. That's a good pick.
4: Next on the list, um, just a, a great man, Don Kenzier from Luck High School,
5: and you know when you look at all the things Don has done, it's almost what he's done off the field overshadows the great things he's done on the field, because Don has been sort of the the face of eight man football yep. in the state of Wisconsin as you know as an association and, and working with the WIAA to make eight man football um, happen. Uh, Don was the guy. He was on the forefront of that for eight-man football, and he's represented eight-man football very well through the WFCA and the WIAA football advisory. But uh, Don, 30 years as a coach, uh, 14 as a head coach, he has 109 wins, five conference championships, 13 years in the playoffs, Ah, uh, coach of the year. Um, one year, he's also been an All-Star Game head coach and has also assisted in the All-Star Game. But if you put together his years as an assistant and as a head coach, twenty-one years of playoffs for wow. Don Kenzior that he's contributed
3: to—that's
4: a lot. Yeah, and, and and as Tom said, his work off the field as as just the key advocate for um, eight-man football. Sometimes overshadows his coaching ability, but I mean, this is a guy. It if he really let they would average a hundred points a game. I mean, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. Eight man coach.
3: Yeah. Hey, not to get it. Was that a tough putt to get the eight man thing going? Was that was that hard to get people to to buy into that? I don't. Th- I think the
5: schools initially, you know, the the first schools mm-hmm. that jumped on board with it were so happy. Sure. that uh you know eight-man football is available because of shrinking numbers and yeah. all the things and and uh um, I've been very impressed with what the WIAA has done to support eight-man football in our state well
3: the fact that he was at the forefront
4: of that yeah. good for him yeah and oh yeah he deserves
3: yeah. to get in um next uh next winter
4: uh next uh, another outstanding coach Terry Laub from Owen withey High School. Uh, Terry has had so much success throughout his career, uh,
5: 28 years as a head coach at Owen Withy, 187 wins, uh, nine conference championships. And, you know, Mike, I'm an old school guy. I go back when a conference championship meant everything. Right. You know, that was the thing you were fighting for. And to do that nine times is incredible. 18 years in the playoffs, three state championships, he was the state coach of the year in 2007, and he's coached in the All-Star Game twice in 1993 and again in 2006. In 2006, he was the head coach in the All-Star Game, and that's back when we only had one game. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, he's um, really well-deserved. Oh, yeah. Really well-deserved. Yeah. I'm sure his name was up before, and it's it really well-deserved that Terry's getting in. The uh, So those are the four high school head coaches that are in – Let's move on. There's one college head
4: coach going yeah, in. College head coach and well-deserving Mike Emmendorfer from UW-Platteville.
5: Mike, we had him on with us at the Combine, and yep. uh, I think we both got a kick out, out of you know the probably the most famous quote you and I have ever read on, on air is, Yes, we will run the This is when he got hired at Platteville. Right. Yes, we will run the ball. We will run with it after we catch it. Right. Now <laughs> I, That I tells you everything you minutes. need to know yeah. about uh, Coach Emmendorfer. And, and Dan, you coached against Coach Emmendorfer yeah. when when you coached at Whitewater. But I really believe that he's changed the the WEAC. I oh, mean, he, he, he no changed doubt. the WEAC. He came in. He was the first spread guy. He was the first open it up and you know, throw at every play if you have to. And I, I really think that – I mean, to think about when he took over at Platteville, they were a wing-T team. Right. They went from being a mm-hmm. wing tee team to being one of the flashiest spread teams in the country. But uh, Mike is the winningest coach in Platteville history. He's a two-time WEAC Coach of the Year, and you can imagine how competitive that league is to, to win that award twice. Two NCAA appearances and uh, talking about his offense – um, his offense has broken 40 school
3: records and 10 <laughs> WEAC records. You know what I loved about that interview we had with him? I asked him about opportunities to 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 go somewhere else, as to, to utilize Platteville as a stepping stone. And he said, look, I, I've gotten offers over the years. I love this community. I love this college. My kids, my wife. We like it here. Yeah. We love the state of Wisconsin, and this is where I want to stay. As long as they'll have me, this is where we're staying. I was so impressed with him when we had that interview. The quote made me laugh for two days, but <laughs> when he talked about loving the state of Wisconsin, recruiting kids from the state of Wisconsin to want to play in that kind of offense, I well deserved. He's yeah. a good
4: man. Yeah, and and like you said, Tom, <laughs> back in the day when it used to be the WSUC, you had a guy named Monty Charles at Point. at Stevens Point yeah, with a quarterback Reggie Ordana. Yep, these guys. I mean, those names just stay with you because. They revolutionized the league with their passing ability. Right. Mike has done the same yep. thing in the now WEAC, as you said.
3: I was up at uh, Platteville to do a segment for Around the Corner, and we, we, we talked about the, the uh, cross-country team at, at Platteville High School. But I got a chance to drive through the campus and stuff. That's a nice campus. Oh yeah, it's yeah. a yeah. nice field. I I really well, I liked.
5: Yeah, remember the Bears used to train there. Yeah, so right. A they lot did. of a I lot of the that. bells and whistles they have at Platteville and it's wonderful facilities is because of the Chicago Bears and the years that they held their training camp
3: at Platteville. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful area of the state of Wisconsin. Hey, we've got a couple of combination coaches that are going in. Again, we are announcing the 2019. Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame class. We've gone through the head high school coaches, uh, the one college hedge coach, and we're now on combination coaches.
4: Yeah, and, and uh, this first individual is near and dear to me. I had the opportunity to work with him at Whitewater and just so proud to have Steve Dinkle being inducted from Jefferson High School and also was the offensive line and running game coordinator at UW Whitewater.
5: Yeah, we might run into our break here talking about all the things that Coach <laughs> Dinkle has has accomplished. We'll start with his years as a high school head coach at Jefferson. Uh, Ten years he uh, coach was uh, the head coach there with sixty wins, one conference championship, uh, three playoff appearances. He was coach of the year. In 1997, he was also an assistant at Jefferson when they won the state championship. Mm. So Jefferson's state championship in football, Coach Dinkle contributed to that as an assistant coach. And uh, he also, I think I mentioned he was an All-Star Game assistant in 1998. Um, but when you look at what he accomplished at UW-Whitewater and being a part of something really special there, obviously, uh, four national championships when he coached there, three National runners Um He developed. He was the offensive line coach there, and 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 Dan told me at break when we were talking about Dink's uh, that, you know, he's the finest offensive line coach he's ever been around mm-hmm. at any level. Really? You're, you're talking oh,
4: at
3: any high level. school,
5: college, yep. pro. He is the best offensive yep. line coach. Well that's saying something. Yeah, yep. and, and he developed two. Um, linemen at Whitewater that were uh, selected as the NCA Division Three lineman of the year, White. while at Whitewater, um, he, he was in charge of the run game at Whitewater, and Whitewater regularly uh, ranked in the top ten and set conference and national records in their run game. There, he had uh, something like ten thousand yard runners while he was at Whitewater. <laughs> And 27 of his linemen at Whitewater received all WIAC, all-conference honors. Well-deserving.
4: So, yeah. yeah. And those guys, you you can tell how good a coach he was. Those guys would run through a brick wall for, him. for dinks any day of the week.
3: Boy, that's good for him. Congratulations to him. We've got just uh, two minutes before we got to get to a break, and we have one other combination coach uh, that has won – and Being put in the Hall of Fame 2019 WFCA class,
4: yeah. Bill Forrester from River Falls High School,
3: Bill, like uh, earlier, um,
5: uh, inductee Ken Bellinger or Bellinger, excuse me, um, has coached a long time 40 years as a, a high school coach and and um, 12 years of that was as a, as a head coach. And that's really what the combination is. I mean, right. we, I guess we didn't define it, but it's somebody who's been both a head coach and an assistant coach. sixty two wins as a um, head coach, and uh, one hundred and twenty three wins as an assistant coach. But River Falls High School during Coach Forster's uh, um, time there were in the playoffs nine times, won six conference championships. Um, was a coach of the year in 1995 and was also a district rep for the WFCA for six years.
4: Yeah. And a legendary head coach, Joe Labuda at Menominee. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, they're the guys that challenged them year in and year out Right was river falls.
3: Hey guys, we got to get to a break. Other side of the break. will continue as we announce the 2019 WFCA hall of fame class. We have assistant coaches coming up uh, the national high school, um, association has named two. Uh, Dave McLean uh, Distinguished Service Award, which is my favorite, by the way. Oh yeah, <laughs> And this is a really good choice. And uh, and then the uh, Margie and, and Dick uh, uh, Rundell Positive Influence. Uh, you could not have picked a better guy. And I know that Tony Rush is going to be listening and he'll be like, yeah, that's the guy who should win that. Well, let's get to a break. In studio with uh, Tom Swindle and I, Dan Brunner, Executive Director for the WFCA. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle and Executive Director, Dan Brunner. Uh, we are announcing the 2019 WFCA Hall of Fame class. Uh, we are now assistant coaches. Uh, so, Dan, if you can take it away.
4: Sure. Assistant coaches, and again, these are, you know, we have so many more assistant coaches that are nominated than head coaches, and and it's not, ju- not just longevity. It's It's their role as coordinators or key members of that staff. So, first on the list, we have Keith Bradley, from Almond and then also Wild Rose High Schools.
5: And, you know, longevity isn't the number one factor for assistant coaches, but Keith has been around for 45 years as an assistant, and um, he has coached both the offensive and defensive lines and that whole time. And not many coaches do that anymore, Mike, where they special, you know, people are specialists in offense or defense. He still does both, he's also a defensive coordinator. He's been a part of 228 wins, nine conference championships, and one state runner-up.
4: Wow. Wow! for him. Outstanding. Next on the list, we have Jim Harris from Ithaca.
5: Jim has been an assistant coach there for 34 years, 254 wins, nine conference championships, 19 years in the playoffs, one state runner-up. Um, Jim was also a head coach at Ithaca for eight years, and he's been a coordinator for all 42 of his years of of coaching, and he was coach of the year once.
4: Man. Wow. Been been around a while, that boy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Another guy from way up north is uh, Richard Jones from Elmwood.
3: He deserves to
5: be in the Hall of Fame just having had worked with Jerry Hanna all those years because Jerry's a load. No, Jerry's a, also a Hall of Fame coach and a great coach at Elmwood and very involved in WFCA. But uh, uh, Richard Jones has been an assistant at Elmwood since 1984. And during his time there, he's uh, won two conference championships. He's been district coach of the year twice and conference coach of the year twice. Uh, uh, twice, and uh, you know when when Jerry Hanek talked about Richard Jones, he made it clear that this is more than a, just a right hand man. This is a guy that is a very integral part of the Elmwood football program.
4: Yeah, and so many of those assistant coaches are you bet. You know they're just you know the, the head coaches lean on them, and they just don't get the credit they deserve. This this next guy is um, is, is deceased. But I knew him so well uh, during my time coaching at Hartford. One of our key rivals was Watertown High School under the Hall of Fame coach Dan Herbst. And this guy, when you talk about a right-hand man, Bruce Wettenweiler from Watertown was Dan's right-hand man.
5: Yeah, and 30 years as an assistant, 168 wins he was a part of at Watertown five conference championships, uh, nine playoff appearances, two semifinal appearances in the state playoffs. Uh, Bruce was coach of the year in 1995. And and I do have a, a note here that, Dan, you, you knew him well and coached against him, and you've already mentioned that. Yeah. But I know that when his name came up at the committee, you had nothing but great things to say about, about Bruce. And,
4: again, one of those guys, not just a coach, just a quality human being.
3: That's awesome. Hey Dan, we've got two coaches from uh, the state of Wisconsin being inducted on the national side, correct?
4: Yes, yeah. the National High School Athletic Coaches Association, um, and this is a pretty ex- another exclusive club. Uh, they select uh, we have two inductees from Wisconsin every year, one from the north and one from the south. and 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 again, when when these people get selected, these names just jump off the page at oh, yeah. you. And, yeah,
3: I yeah, do, especially the first one. Oh, the first Especially it, it, if you're around here. I'll tell you what. Yeah.
4: I knew this guy personally <laughs> yeah, back from my days at Boys Tech, Frank <laughs> Budish, yeah. unbelievable coach. Yeah. Well, People
3: we'll, still tell Budish stories, oh, man, all man. the time. <laughs> yeah. He oh. was tough. Well, yeah. When
5: I took over at Tech, uh, John Kazabowski, a good friend of mine, who had coached at Tech in 86 when they won the, or excuse me, they finished runner-up uh, in the state championship division one. Um, and he, uh, Kaz gave me all this stuff. And one of the things he gave me was this poster that he made, and it has all the cutouts of all the articles for the season on there. And it's great to just read all, you know, when they beat sure. Park and when they beat Oconomowoc and the state final and all of that. Uh and I was telling Dan when we talked about Coach Budish that I've got this thing laying on the floor. I've got so much <laughs> stuff, and you can only imagine what a mess my living room is. But my that's where my desk is. I walk over this thing every day as I get to my desk, this poster that Kaz made. And the corner that I step over is Tex Budish announces retirement. <laughs> I, mean, I see I see his name every single day, like three or four times a day. But what a tremendous uh, tradition mm. and something that really attracted me to the school um, was the kind of thing that Coach Budish did there, along with Coach Richardson, Coach Kowalski. Yeah, you, you know, bet.
4: Coach Coach Richardson was my head coach. Coach Budish was his. I, back in those days, it was Richardson and Budish. That's it. That's it. That was it. I'm the coaching For 100 staff. 100 kids. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100 <laughs> kids on the team, and that's it. And you're and,
3: afraid uh, of both of them. Oh well, I'll tell
4: you what. Anybody out there, you Google Frank Budish. And that picture that comes up, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you he could have been the starring role in any Marine movie because <laughs> that's what he looked like. Just, storming the
3: beach with John Wayne, yeah, is yeah. that what you're talking about? Oh, there's yeah. no chance he gets hurt doing oh, anything. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> oh. Uh, Tim, people still, when, when you're around some of these old guys like me, people still tell Buddhist stories. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just it, tougher than uh, And a
4: voice you would never <laughs> forget. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ever.
3: <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And the second guy oh. from the
4: north, well-deserved. Oh. The comments up in Wapaca. I'll tell you, John Karankiewicz from Wapaca is our other national inductee. Unbelievable coach. Again, name just jumps out right off the page at you.
5: Right, and um I, I know a little bit less about uh, John than I would about uh, Frank Budish, but I know with all the uh, playoff appearances and state appearances and yeah. things like that, like like Dan said, his his name is just jumps off the page at you and is so deserving of this national honor.
3: Yeah, we we're going up to Waupaca for the, for the, we spent some time up in that area, and you you say his name yeah. when you're at. There's a little restaurant called <laughs> Fat Gretchen's. Right? They get the best breakfast ever. But you say his name, and people just kind of come to the table and start telling you stories about their son or nephew who played for him. Uh, so well-deserved. Yeah,
4: And you get a 10% discount on that. Uh... <laughs> you have friend. to be able to spell it. you got to be piece, able to spell it, Because I spelled yeah. it wrong on the sheet. Piece of bacon. <laughs> I put an extra spell <laughs> extra... there. Oh, man.
3: Oh. Hey, we've got two more awards. We've yep. just got a couple of minutes left. The uh, Dave McClain Distinguished Service Award. I'm a huge fan oh, of his. Me too. So I'm so proud that he's in.
4: Yeah, Mark Stewart from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel.
3: Mark has been
5: around forever. I mean, I mean, when I was at uh, Dominican, when I was at uh, Wawa East, way back when. Mark has been covering high school football and really all sports. He's the prep guy for yes, the Milwaukee yeah. Journal. I read
3: everything he writes about a track and field. You know, I, yeah. I, I, write, well, I read yeah. about it because he's just so good. Well, and and
5: I agree with you, Mike, because my experience with Mark is whatever he writes about, he does his homework. Yes. He knows yes, his subject matter, and this is a guy that is so serious about his craft that I've invited him to come up to the state. Um, clinic and attend the WFCA uh, business meeting when we're going to discuss some really important topics. Yeah, Mark comes. He comes. He he's, comes and he listens.
3: I everything he and reads. And he's a part of it. Yeah, I don't really know much about girls volleyball, <laughs> but what I know is from reading <laughs> whatever he. Because any time that I see he's written something. I know it's going to – I'm going to learn something, and I'm going to feel like I was there. I'm a huge fan of Mark Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Very yes, happy that uh,
5: he's won this award. And like you said, you and him have something in common now. Yes, we do. Man, <laughs> welcome to the club,
3: Mr. <laughs> Stewart. And you should have got in way before I did. So, oh, well. <laughs> I really thank you so much. And, and Mark, the, the fact that you're in, I'm just really proud of the work that you do and how much love and passion you have for high school athletics. We've got one left.
4: Yeah, and and this is a this is a big one in in terms of uh, influence on on uh, uh, young men throughout the state. Marge and Dick Rundle, positive influence of coaching award, could not find a better candidate, probably nationally right. than Steve Jones from Kimberly High School. Yeah,
5: I I'm impressed with Coach Jones um, with everything he does from his coaching. To his style, how positive he is, all the things he does. Um, as Dan said, this is a, a man who's getting national recognition and is a sought-after speaker. Um, you know, for leadership and team building and things like that. And uh, I don't know how much time we have, but I got to tell one minute. Yep. This will take thirty seconds. We were in the same grouping of eight with Kimberly uh, one year when I was at Brookfield East, and. Um, they were going to play the winner of our game. We played Cedarburg. We lost. Coach Jones called me up. I was literally going to a youth banquet that night and I only had about 10 minutes to to talk to him in ten minutes he grilled me better than any defense lawyer could have ever done in a court. and I mean he was asking questions and I when I got off the phone with him, I thought, my God, no wonder why Kimberly wins
3: he, what a great man he came he comes on during the playoff times for my high school show and the first time I had him on, it was like, I don't even know what level it was at that point, but he said, look, I've only got 10 minutes because we're doing this community project where we're, we're going to be here in this neighborhood and we're cleaning this. And I said, coach, it's playoff time. He goes, yeah. And I said, you got your kids out. He said, yeah, we don't. I don't care what time of year it is. They yeah. asked us to, to come as a team to help clean up this area. And, and that's the kind of stuff we do. He never talks about the winning streak, none of that stuff. He said, I don't want to talk about that. This is a whole different year. It's a different group of kids. Let's just talk about this group of kids. Huge fan of his, and and certainly congratulations. Guys, this is a really good class. Yeah, it is. 2019 WFC Hall of Fame class. This is up. They'll go up on the website soon? Yes. Yes, Yes. Yes. absolutely. If you missed any part of it, uh, it'll be up on the WFC website um very soon. Let's get to a break. Our other side of the break. Al is gonna join us. He retired, Madison Edgewood. He retired. Yes, yes he did. I, I, is he pulling is he gonna do a Brett Favre like you did? I, <laughs> I don't know. Him. We'll ask him. We're gonna find <laughs> out. I'll tell you what, his daughter does a good job. She oh, sure man. does. Man, and yeah. that team is fun to watch. We'll do that on the other side of the break. This is the pick and save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes, fundraising and leadership development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Oh, welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising Stakes Fundraising Leadership Development. I'm Mike McGivern. We lost our third co-host here. Yeah. Brinder just ran out of here. I think his wife called or something. <laughs> he forgot to cut the grass. Yeah, there you he go. took off running yeah. and zipping out of the parking lot. Boy, Dan did a good job with he uh, did. that all star group. He works hard, man. Oh, yeah. We, I've been so
5: impressed by, in, in my time in the WFCA, some of the great individuals that, that I've had a chance to work with. And, and Dan tops the list. He
3: tops the list for me, too. Yeah. He, he does. And I didn't know Dan. Very well. Before I started doing the show, and to be honest with you, I was kind of intimidated and nervous the first time. Well, he's time a he, big dude. Well, and his voice <laughs> and his voice, yeah. And then you sit down and talk to him; he's just one of the boys. Yeah, he's one of the boys who played at a high level, coached at a high level, and now he's working with the WFCA at a high level. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah, hey, let's. Uh, so you think the the, the, the uh, former coach at Madison Edgewood? He's actually he's done, huh? I think I he's know. done. We're going to ask him about that. We've uh, got him on right now. Al, Bennett, hey Al uh, recently retired from Madison Edgewood. I'm thinking you're going to pull a Brett Favre, but that's just me. <laughs>
6: yeah, I don't know. Retired is the wrong word. Um, I just stepped down um, as the head coach. Um, I am still teaching and uh, at Edgewood, and I'm kind of serving a role as assistant athletic director. And so one of the, the things that I've talked with a uh, long basketball coach and athletic director, Chris Wettler, we both went into the hall of fame this past year is um, working with our, our teams on community service uh, initiatives that every team does some type of community service uh, initiative within our community and uh, helping coach coaches. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm doing a little consulting with people around, um, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if sometimes I resurface like Tom has, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I'm not retiring, you, you know, as a, as a private school guy, we are,
5: are, you don't uh, retire. No.
6: You, yeah. You don't retire. And I don't, I think that's true. If anybody that's been in it in a long yeah. time, you just find a different way to help young people. And so that's kind of what I'm working on.
5: So. Well, Al, we, we wish you the very best. Aren't you going to be the uh, uh, working as, as the commissioner for the conference, too? Oh, you know, or something um, like that, I heard? You
6: know, I've been doing uh, – I stepped in as an assistant commissioner uh, with the Badger Conference for a little bit. Um, uh, but they have uh, gone in a different direction there. And so I actually um, had a meeting yesterday with Rick Chris with the Wisconsin Football Foundation –
5: Oh, yeah. And
6: uh, so one of the things that I'm looking to do is perhaps uh, help them a little bit, uh, crank up the Wisconsin Football Foundation and, and uh, improve, you know, on, uh, you know, that initiative. And uh, so I, I'm kind of interested to see where, where that goes. Again, uh, you know, I, I really believe football is the best sport for creating uh, leadership, within our communities and so uh, again anything that we i can continue to do to help promote uh, leadership through athletics uh, that's another thing um, i started some camps the last couple of years uh, with the madison police department bringing officers uh, bringing kids from their neighborhoods in uh, using athletics and in particular football to see these officers in a different light that um uh you know helps their relationship within those neighborhoods uh with young kids and so i'm I'm doing a little bit uh with the madison police department and partnering to uh, improve uh, community outreach so um i'm sticking my feet in a lot
3: of different areas man uh, i guess (laughs) You're yeah, not, you're not doing anything. No, you're not sticking your feet up and, and, and no, watching no. TV. So, Well, unless it's a uh, Brewer game, you watch those, don't you?
6: Yep, exactly. I, I still think my calling would be to figure out something with my daughter to help with the baseball situation. Well, so, I, I have to tell I, you. She's living my dream.
3: <laughs> well, and you know what? And please don't be offended by this. I don't think she needs your help. She's so good that, man, she's – I have a brother that lives in Florida, and he, he gets the uh, Major League Baseball package because he's a huge Brewer fan, and he'll call me, and one day he said, hey, do you know her? I said, no, but I've talked to her dad a couple of times. He said, man, I watch all these games. She's better than anybody else out there. I said, well, I'm well, going to tell her,
6: I, uh, tell you know, her dad we're, that. We're extremely proud of her and the work she does, and again, I, I've been blessed with the opportunity to work with her at the football state championships and to rattle off the information that she does as quickly and efficiently as she does in transition, uh, you know, I, I've been, uh, very impressed and obviously very proud.
3: Al, how do you think it's going to be come end of July, early August for you this year?
6: Um, I'm, I'm very kind of nervous about that. (laughs) Um, so what my wife has decided is maybe, uh, maybe we just go away for a week.
3: (laughs) Not a bad idea. That's what Ingrid and I did.
5: Um,
6: yeah, it's um, it's kind of uh, an odd thing, but I've, I have been able to get a little bit of a football fix. I worked with uh, – we hosted Jeff Tricky's uh, quarterback camp this past week, and Jeff was kind enough to let me help out. Uh, and so I get a little football fix that way, and then there's a, a coach or two in town that have asked, that, hey, can we just sit down and X and O a little bit? And so um, – I think a a good way for me to transition is to do some kind of help of some kids that want a little extra help and uh, some coaches that maybe want to learn more about, you know, option football and and help them install it. So one of the really difficult things is as high school coaches, you only get five days to do football-related activities. So if you can get somebody to come in and work with your kids for you (laughs) – You know, and especially quarterbacks, it makes it really hard to have efficient passing game when you really can't instruct them but only five days a week unless you have somebody coming in from the outside. So I'm hoping to do some of that. Um, And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be okay when the fall rolls around.
5: Well, I guarantee you will, Al, and you're going to find other things to, to occupy your time. And and one of the things I did want to ask you, though, and we only have about a minute or so left, but you were inducted into the Hall of Fame last year, and today we announced the 2019 Hall of Fame class. Um, can you give us any impressions, any thoughts of, of your experience at the Hall of Fame last year?
6: Yeah, you know, um, it was such a, an amazing day. Um, you know, the, the coaches association, it was right on the money in terms of what they, uh, as far as the timing and everything else worked out that way. Um, it was a great day. Um, another thing that, that I did that was, uh, was a recommendation of Chris Wettler is we had a, a nice little reception of my kids got the word out on Facebook and so, we had a reception where a bunch of my former players and even, even my former head coach from my high school came and made a surprise visit to me. And uh, it was just a great day. Um, and the association does a phenomenal job. I think, uh, you know, I always said the best thing in our association is the all star game. <laughs> Uh, and the money that we raised for that great cause. But I tell you, the Hall of Fame experience is in a-
5: Wisconsin. So you're going to be missed, Al, but at the same time, I know you won't be that far away, that you're just a phone call away. And best yeah. of luck with the uh, uh, the foundation, the National Football Foundation. My son was uh, selected to that a couple years ago, and it was just a great, great thing Um, that he went through with that. So best of luck with that.
6: Yeah, thank you. And, uh, again, I think uh, it's another thing that I'm hoping to bridge, uh, uh, improve that relationship with our coaches association. I think that uh, it makes a lot of sense. And being located in Madison and near, um, you know, Patty, uh, Chris, and the Chris family and knowing the Chris family so well, it makes a natural connection uh, to help, uh the relationship with the Football Foundation, University of Wisconsin and the WFCA.
3: So Al Minnert, uh, recently retired uh, head football coach from Madison Edgewood. Boy that first Friday night when you hear the band, Al, that's gonna be tough, but you'll be okay.
6: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll I'll figure out something, uh it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be different. There's no question. But uh, you know, uh I'm still I'll be okay and uh I I trust and believe that something good'll come my way, so uh, thanks for all you guys do for uh, you know high school football in Wisconsin in particular. And, again, congratulations to the new members of the, the Hall of Fame.
3: Al, thank you very much. Thanks, Al. Hey, let's get you to bet. a break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk to the head football coach at Carthage College, Dustin Haas. And we'll talk to him. Uh, and uh, as soon as we get back, you know, one thing that I'm going to yell at Dustin about, I want more Wisconsin kids on that roster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yell at him for that. Maybe later. Maybe near the end of the segment I'll
4: yell at him because well, I don't want We should up. ask
3: him why it's difficult to it recruit, is. and I, my hope is that this
5: helps his profile in the state And looking at, but you know, they're right on the, right the on Illinois border. border,
3: man. It's a cool campus, oh, so it's beautiful. kids over there. We'll talk to Dustin again, the head football coach at Carthage on the other side. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. On Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan.
2: No games on the schedule? No! That doesn't stop us from talking football. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show, presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Here are your hosts past WFCA president Tom Swiddle and WSSP high school insider, big time Mike McGiver. No!
3: Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Show. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host Tom Swiddle. You know, Coach, when uh, when you look at uh, the upcoming high, uh, high school and college football season, you know you always start with uh, let's see who they're going to you know kick kick the season off with. Yeah, that first game is really important. Yeah, <laughs> and man, if you want, you play Division Three football, in the State of Wisconsin. You want to find out where you stand? Might as well play one of the best, and you're playing D.W. Oshkosh, and uh, boy, you'll find out quickly. Yeah, you know if you've got something or not. And our next guest, he is uh, Dustin Haas. He's the head football coach at Carthage. Hey, Coach, thanks for a few minutes of your time. How are you doing today?
1: Doing very well. Thanks for having me on, guys.
3: Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd start losing sleep right now over that September 1st game, Coach. <laughs>
1: it's going to be a big one. There's no doubt.
3: Yeah, good you're exactly for you.
1: Exactly right. We're We'll find out real early where we're
3: at. Yeah, you might as well find out early, right?
1: You're exactly right.
3: That's a good way to do it. Hey, coach, is this, if I counted right, your 11th or 12th year at Carthage, correct?
1: Total? This, uh, this is actually uh, my, will be my sixth year at Carthage. Uh, so this will be the first year as a head coach. Oh, I see. The
3: yes. As a defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm an Irish guy that went to Mesmer. So <laughs> looking at numbers, coach, I'm not so. <laughs> don't, don't blame the good people at yeah, Mesmer for that, hey, thanks, Mike. <laughs> thanks a lot, Tom. I appreciate that. Hey coach. Um, I said when we we're getting out of our last break, I was going to yell at you about something. Um. You know, I look at your roster, and I know you guys are right on that Wisconsin and, and Illinois border. I, I'm hoping that as I look throughout the next few years, there'll be more Wisconsin kids on that roster. You being a Wisconsin guy yourself, I'm sure recruiting with kids from the state of Wisconsin is pretty important to you.
1: You're exactly right. It's, uh, you know, when I took over, we kind of amped that up, made it one of our bigger priorities. Uh, Wisconsin high school football is really, really good, and I think you see that with. How good the state league teams have been for for a long, long time, and we need to get more of those guys. There's no doubt we gotta we gotta amp up our roster with more of the guys that uh, love playing football in Wisconsin. And like I said, they play really, really good football. And we need to get more. Of them.
5: I know, uh, being you know a high school coach, I know how hard uh, Carthage has worked at trying to recruit Wisconsin kids because I always you know connected with you guys and, and I'm sure will continue to do so in my role over at uh, Bradley Tech. But let's face it, it's it's hard to recruit, I'm sure, against the state league, you know. And I, I just remember talking to, I believe it was Coach K at Carroll, and he said to me, boy, if every kid that I recruit actually, that tells me they're going to Whitewater, that actually goes to Whitewater, they're going to have 150 freshmen off for football this year. So it's it's not so much that you don't want to recruit Wisconsin kids, but it's just really hard.
1: It is, uh, you know, the the state system systems got a good thing going on. They offer a good product, and and uh, you know they're uh, on paper they're cheaper, uh, and that's what a lot of guys don't realize is at the end of the day we're probably pretty comparable uh, cost wise, um, you know. But that's a that's an uphill battle to fight when they can when they can look on paper and see nineteen thousand or twenty thousand versus uh, fifty five at Carthage. Uh, you know. So that's probably our biggest battle in getting those kids.
3: Hey, Coach. For for uh, for student athletes that are listening to the show today, can we talk a little bit about um, what it takes for kids that are that are coming out of high school and going to the Division three playing football at Carthage? What, what it takes for those guys to play at the next level, and what's the changes that they're going to see when they play at that next level?
1: I think the biggest thing is is just the time commitment. Um, you know. For, for a long time, you know, you'd hear, oh, it's just Division three football as if it were like an intramural or you know, something like that. And our kids put in the same amount of time that the Division one kids do. Uh, they work just as hard. Uh, you know, it's tough. And the, and the transition from, from the high school to college where you're in meetings every day, you're in weights, you know, you're at practice uh, for a long time, and then you still have to go back and, and study with, without mom and dad. They're uh, telling you what to do. Uh, that's probably the biggest adjustment is, is to learn how to manage your time.
3: You know, too, and, and, and certainly, like you talked about, from the classroom uh, to the field to the weight room, making sure that, that you take care of your business not only on the field but certainly in the classroom. I think the other thing, Coach, the, 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 uh, the, the size and the speed that these guys are seeing as an incoming freshman is quite a bit different than what they saw as a senior in high school.
1: There's no doubt. There's no doubt, and it's it's different uh, when you're an 18-year-old freshman and you're going against a 22-, 23-year-old man um, that's been in a college weight room for four or five years and uh, has really developed his body, you're exactly right, the speed, the size. Uh, you know, the kids that go on and play college football, they're the top one or two, maybe three players of every high school team you know so you're going against really good football players at every single position
5: and you know what's what's interesting coach and this just happened with me yesterday i was giving a couple of my guys a ride home after workouts and you know we were talking about playing in college and you know right oh i want to go to texas tech I, you know it's like right. my god do you understand that that a a college program in Texas is not going to recruit in Wisconsin. Why would they have to, you know? Um, Or, you know, this other kid in Florida. And it's like, again, I mean, they're not going to, they don't have to leave the state, right? You know, that kind of, the the disconnect that uh, athletes have with how difficult things are. And, you know, I, I look at your schedule, and last year, you guys were seven and three, five and three in the conference, and every one of your losses was to a ranked team, a team ranked in the top ten in Division Three. That's how tough your league is. And I don't think people understand how difficult the CCIW is. I mean, to put it in perspective, everybody knows about Whitewater, but a team you lost to last year, thirteen to ten, uh, Illinois Wesleyan, beat Whitewater last year.
1: You're exactly right. Uh, our league is is phenomenal. Um, you know, week in, week out, you got to come ready to play. And uh, you talked about our, our three losses were to three ranked teams, and we also beat some teams that were that were ranked in the top 25. Uh, you know, in Milliken, and and it's you're gonna go each week against a, a heavy hitter, and you know, it's it's a tough league. There's no doubt. Um, but we, we, we wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, you know, that's why we have Oshkosh on the schedule. Uh, we want to play the best of the best, and, and uh, we get to do that every week in our league.
3: Hey, Coach, last question before we get to a break. Moving over – I'm a basketball coach. Moving over six inches to the left to go from an assistant coach to a head coach, That's a big. that's a big six inches, man. And I'm wondering how you're feeling – um, first year head coach at Carthage been in the program as their defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach but now you're the face of the program has it been a good transition for you?
1: it has uh, you know it, it was been a dream of mine since I was uh, younger to be able to be a head coach and to have it realized is, is pretty special and you're exactly right it's different uh, you do a lot of uh, a lot of things you probably didn't expect outside of the football realm. Uh, But it's been fun. Uh, I've really enjoyed it and can't wait to
3: get to the season. Hey, we're going to get to a break. Can we hold you over for one more segment? Yeah, no no problem. That's awesome. He is Dustin Hoss. He's the head football coach at Carthage College. And we'll continue our conversation with him on the other side. This is the Pick and Save, Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show, presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show. I'm Mike McGiver alongside my co-host. He is the head football coach at Milwaukee Tech. He is Tom Swiddle. We are joined for our second segment, Dustin Haas, who's the head football coach at Carthage College. Hey, Coach, I love to ask uh, college coaches that come on to give us one one or two staple drills that they do on a daily basis or will do. The upcoming season on a daily basis because they believe in in those drills so much and can, can you share one of your drills with us
1: yeah of course um you know a couple of them that uh, it's hard to pick just one but a couple that uh, that i love to do we have uh, with our entire defense we call it a three-on-one pursuit drill um and uh it just teaches our guys how to take correct angles uh when they're pursuing the football um, and we do that uh, every single day during the season. Uh, that's how we start off practice, kind of sets the tone for for our guys and, and how we're going to run to the football. Uh, you know, And then DB-wise, uh, we're going to work our footwork drills every day, from our back pedal uh, to our weaves to flipping our hips, uh, just a little technique stuff that, that can make all the difference in the game.
3: Boy, that's good. I, You know, uh, Coach Swiddle, I, there's a couple of drills that we do every day on the basketball floor, and you just believe in it so much, and and you and you watch his kids middle of the season sometimes start getting bored with it, yeah. Until you you remind them why we're doing them every day, right? And and
5: if you can, I and mean, I'm sure you do this on the basketball court, and uh, I know I do it, and I'm sure Coach Haas does it. You you had to do a variation of the drill. Sure. sure, you're doing the same thing, but it's not exactly the same, and. Yeah, you got to keep their interest. You don't want them to be robotic out
3: there and do a drill without thinking about it. That's for sure. Hey, Tom, we were talking about the facilities at Carthage. You're you're impressed with those, man?
5: Yeah, I've been, uh, coach. I've been on on campus uh, a couple of times, and um, I'm just so impressed by the facilities at Carthage. It's just top notch. Your football stadium is absolutely beautiful, your, your basketball arena. Um, my co-host here, uh, Mike McGivern, is a basketball coach, and I was trying to explain that, you know, this isn't a gym. It's an actual arena, you know. And then as I kind of trolled around with the other schools in your conference, I noticed everybody has got incredible facilities. Talk a little bit about uh, what's going on at Carthage facility-wise.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. We have some phenomenal facilities, uh, some of the best in the country. Uh, you know, we've got a great game day atmosphere uh, with our stadium. Just got brand new field turf last year, uh, which is nice. Uh, we just got a brand new uh, athletic weight room uh, as well um, this winter, um, which is awesome to have our guys in. Uh, you know, and uh, we've got our own locker room as a football team. Um, like you said, we are our Tarble, our TARC, our recreation center, I guess, the houses, all our facilities is just phenomenal. Everything they've done with that has, uh, has been great.
3: Hey, Coach, with uh, looking at your bio, you've got a wife and, and, and three kids. Um, make sure that as the season goes and now that you're the, 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 uh, the head coach over there, you still have a lot of time to spend at, at home. Um, I had a, a coach from, I, I believe, Western Michigan, uh, on a, another show I do called Faith in the Zone and I asked him if if he thought kids have changed over the years and he said absolutely not. He said we've changed we've gotten older and he said look when I was a head, the first year I was a head coach I was 28 years old, I was single and I was one of the cool guys he said now I'm 44 married with three kids, all I want to do is get out of practice, go home and see my kids <laughs> so question for you coach do you think the kids have changed a little bit over the years or is it us?
1: You know what? I think it's a little bit of both. I think the kids have changed a little bit, but I think it's more on us as in terms of how we hold them accountable and the standard that we set. I think kids are very adaptable, and if you set the standard, they're going to meet the standard. Uh, you know, and as long as you make it clear and communicate what that standard is, standard is, and, and stay the course with it. Uh, you know, I think that uh, those kids will mold right into it.
3: Coach, when when somebody asks you now, uh, you know, you've been on the defensive side of the ball. What kind of offense uh, you're going to run, or do you believe in the spread? Or are you going to, you know, hand the ball off 40 times a game? What What do you tell people?
1: <laughs> I tell people that our offense has to fit our players. Uh, you know, I don't think you can just say this is our offense and this is what it's going to be, and we're going to run this, come uh, come whatever. Uh, you know, I think you got to adapt to who you have, uh, and I think that's what the best coaches do is they put their kids in great positions to make plays that don't have a, a set offense or a set defense. Uh, and, and no matter what, we're going to run this. I think they're able to kind of morph and mold onto who they have that year uh, to, to help their team win.
5: Boy, that's a great answer, Coach, because I'm exactly the same way. I, You know, I think about my time at Brookfield East. I ran three different offenses there in six years, and it was all about yeah. personnel. Who do we have? Yep. We, we started, we were a four-wide. I had track, state-level track guys all over the place. And by my last couple years there, we were big. Ponderous
3: and, uh, Boy, and and one of the best running backs this see you know this area right seen in a while. But the
5: point is you know you yep. adapt, you adapt, you adapt. And I have to ask you, Coach, uh, you lettered at, at Indiana as a quarterback, so obviously your your playing days were on the offensive side of the ball. And here you've made the transition to being more of a defensive specialist. How did that happen?
1: it's uh it's funny i get at that a lot um i never played anything but offense my entire playing career and i've never uh coached anything but defense uh so when uh when i was getting hired as a uh, graduate assistant at uh, indiana the uh head coach at the time um bill lynch he said well what do you want to do and i said well i want to be a head coach and he said well the best thing for you to do then is go coach on defense that you know uh, offensive football, you've been around it at a high level. Um, you know, I had a phenomenal offensive coordinator when I was at Indiana, and Matt Canada, who's just oh sure a great a great football mind, and got to learn a lot about the offense. And he said you need to go learn defense. Uh, he said you could tell me what cover four is, but you don't know how to teach cover four. You know, so he did that, and um, you know I appreciate it. It was it was smart, it was wise. Uh, you know, on his part, and, and it's helped me out a ton.
5: Well, and if you look at your success on defense, I Man. mean, you've certainly, uh, you know, statistically, you, you had one of the top defenses in the country last year, and you had something that hadn't been done since 1921, back-to-back shutouts. That's not easy to do in today's college football at any level. No, it is not. Um,
1: you know, and part of that, I think, is is because I was on offense, I have a little bit of understanding of what those guys are trying to do and how they're going to attack, you know, what we play on defense. and. And enable to counter it a little bit sometimes, and put them in good situations. Um, you know, but we got a lot of kids that, that play really, really hard, uh, and and they're talented. And I think when you combine that on defense with kids that play hard and have some talent, I think a lot of good things happen.
3: Hey, last question before we uh, we let you go. Yeah, we, I talk a lot to, to, to college football coaches, not only in the State of Wisconsin, but some guys throughout the country, and I don't think they're pulling my leg when they tell me this, coach. When they talk about recruiting kids from the state of Wisconsin, how good the high school football coaches are here in the state. Because when they get these kids, they're ready to compete at that next level. When they, when you talk about fundamentals, when you talk about knowing the game of football, um, do, do you agree with that as far as the, 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 the coaches in the state of Wisconsin really having their kids prepared to play at the next level?
1: You're exactly right. Uh, the coaches in the state do a phenomenal job with that. Their kids know football. You know, they come in physically ready. Uh, and you're, you hit it on the head, you're exactly right with their competitive level. They're ready to compete from day one. They're not going to sit back and wait and see what happens. They're going to come get after it. And the coaches in our state uh, do a phenomenal job prepping those kids uh, for that. Um, you know, you can't say enough about those guys.
3: Boy, that's, that's awesome. I, you know, when I first started – I'm um, talking to these guys, and they would say that. I thought, ah, oh, come on. You're yeah. just saying it because you're on our show. But, man, it. it I, I believe it. I think that – Well,
5: I, I've got a good friend, and, and maybe you know him in the coaching circus, or, uh, circuit, I should say, Jovan DeWitt. He's now at Nebraska. He was part of Scott Frost's staff, UCF. He's a Tulsa East kid, blah, blah, blah. But, anyway, when he was at Florida Atlantic, he he told me exactly what Mike said, Um, that, you know – we got great athletes and, and you know great football players in Florida, but they're not as well coached as the kids we get from Wisconsin. Or his while he was recruiting kids from Wisconsin at places like West Point and Northern Iowa and so on. So yeah, yeah it's it's something that's out there.
1: There's no doubt. He's exactly right. These kids, uh, they're ready, they're prepared, and like I said, you can't get en- give enough credit to the coaches of this state.
3: Hey, Coach, thanks a lot for your time. He is Dustin Haas. He's the head football coach for the Redmen uh, down at Carthage. Hey, I, w- I would assume that uh, Tyler and-, and Tessa and Kayla are big Redmen fans.
1: They're huge, probably the biggest right now.
3: <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's uh, they're going to look good. Uh, you know, their dad's now the head football coach, so that's uh, that's great for them. Coach, thanks for a lot. Thank uh, you so much, Coach. Minutes. Best of luck this season.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate
3: it. You got it. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, Bill Collar, who is a Hall of Fame coach from Seymour, past president of the WFCA. He's got a coach's manual. And we're going to talk, well, he's got some good stories. He's got great stories. We'll talk to him about that. On the other side, this is the Pick and Save, Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. the pick and save wisconsin football coaches association show presented as always by raising the stakes fundraising and leadership development i'm mike mcgivern alongside my co-host he's a head football coach at milwaukee tech he's tom swiddle our next guest he is a former what is he a former nothing right He's a head football coach, isn't he? Yep. He's a past president, past president of the the WCA. He's everything. He's man. He's got a lot going on, and he's written a manual that we're going to talk to him about. He's a head coach at Seymour. Bill Collar. Hey, Bill, how are you today?
7: Hey, just staying cool here up in yeah. Seymour.
3: <laughs> yeah. It I, uh
7: I think we'll pra- I think we'll practice in the field house today. I think
3: I, <laughs> hey, I think you should get him out there and do two a days with him today. That's what I think. Get get back to the old way
5: we used to do oh, it, Coach. And 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 believe me, Coach Collar is an old school guy. Yeah, he would awesome. know exactly what you're talking about right here. I've
3: got a feeling in that ma- in that manual he's written, he's not telling you to at hundred degrees to get him out to give him a salt pill. And yeah. get them outside doing two days.
7: Hey, and no water, right? No yeah.
3: water. Oh man, I, those days at Mesmer. They said no water. You get one water break, and uh, if you, if you need to take a salt pill, other than that, you're you know tougher. Get tougher yeah. is what they told us.
7: Uh, you know, times sure have changed for the
3: better. They really have for the better. I agree with that. Hey, Coach, today we, we had the, the opportunity to announce the 2019 Hall of Fame class, and you being the past president of the WFCA, what a big day for these guys.
7: It certainly is. Uh, all these gentlemen certainly deserve uh, the, the recognition. And it's not that they want the recognition, but it, later in your life, uh, you get a chance to reflect back and look back. It just means that much more. And as you know, Tom, we have just an outstanding uh, Hall of Fame uh, banquet and induction. And usually some of the former players show up, and it's just a real uplifting uh, event.
5: Yeah, and and Coach, you went in in uh, 2000 is when you got into the Hall of Fame after a very distinguished uh, career at at Seymour. And, you know, yesterday um, I kind of was going through some of the you know, the different classes of the Hall of Fame as I prep for the show today. And, man, it's just a who's who of of high school football in the state.
7: Certainly some outstanding coaches. And another thing that's often forgotten, Tom, you have some excellent teachers, Uh, not only of football, but classroom teachers, whether it be physical education or, in my case, it was history. And people, uh, as we've said many times, coaching is teaching and teaching is coaching.
5: Yeah, and you know and I was going to ask you that coach because that is a quote on your Hall of Fame plaque is exactly what you just said and I was going to ask you about the connection between teaching and coaching. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that?
7: Well, I've always, you we, uh, know, we we have a new mayor in town and just the other day a young fellow I uh, had in class and in his column in the paper, Seymour's uh, just a community of about 4,000 people, 3,500 or so. But anyway, this young man who was in his 30s, he says, and I remember back when Coach Collar said, plan your work and work your plan. (laughs) And whether you're teaching or coaching, as you know, to to be successful at either one, uh, you've got to have a definitive plan, and then you have to carry it out step by step and set those goals and work together as a team and the leadership, everything that comes in with football can be applied to so many aspects of life.
5: And, and coach earlier in your coaching career you coached at anigo High school uh, and you worked with the uh, Hall of Fame coach Gordy Schofield then you coached at UW lacrosse with Hall of Fame coach Roger Herring. what did you learn from Gordy and, and Roger and how did you apply that to your own coaching career
7: I was very fortunate Tom. Uh, r- r- uh, two completely different types of personalities uh, Gordy Schofield Anigo was a uh, a real driver, intense type of guy. And Roger Herring at UW Lacrosse. He was a little bit more laid back, but in his own way, very intense. But the thing they had in common, they related real well with the young men that, who they were coaching. And that's often, I think, something we forget. You know, today uh, we get so wound up in the X's and O's and this play and that play, and it goes back to the fundamentals and the basics. And, How you relate to each young man and attempting to get a peak performance out of out out of each one, and and I've always believed, and I I learned this early in my career, it isn't necessarily what the stars on the team do, but if you can lift that middle of your team and that talent level up, it makes everybody else that much better.
3: Hey, coach, if you could, if you could get one more beat, coach one more game on a Friday night, where would that game be held and who would you play against? You know, if you could go back and look at all the places you've coached and 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 the atmospheres, if, if you could go and, and, and coach one more game on a Friday night, what field would it be, where, where would it be, and who would it be against?
7: Well, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> of course, you'd want to be down at Camp Randall. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> you know, playing in the state. That's a, yeah, that's a
3: good point. Yep.
7: <laughs> but other than, other than that, uh, we'd want a home game here at Seymour and, uh, because we always had outstanding fans and the home crowd was terrific. Uh, and we had a number of rivalries. We had a great conference here in the Bay Conference. But as I look back, you know, we have a district that borders us just to the north, Pulaski. They're no longer in our conference. They've grown considerably, but we just had some real games of them. And then, of course, you know Kenny Glumsky over at Schwab and I. Sure. They were they were a big rival also. So you could count on that they were gonna, going to always bring their best game. So those were just a few of the teams. And uh, Bill Turnquist over at West Pier, he was a terrific rival. Uh, a unique thing about our League back then, I think we have about six coaches who are in the Hall of Fame because they all coached more than like 20 years, and uh, they all won at least one state championship. Uh, coach Hanner up at Marinette, and over at uh, De Pere, we had a coach also, and so uh, it was a very good conference, and no one team just dominated. So that's that was uh, one exciting thing about playing in the Old Bay, also.
3: Coach, would you talk to those guys the week of when you played them? Or I, I'm sure most of these guys are friends of yours. Did you stay away from, from those guys for that week?
7: Uh, for the week, uh, most likely, yes. Uh, the night of the game, I always shook hands with the opponent uh, opposing coach before the game and after. Yeah, And uh, we had a situation. I started about my fifth year at Seymour. I was at Seymour for 29 years. And we started a tradition where the winning coach uh, was responsible then for setting up a, a get-together, a little party, where we'd go out for dinner with all the coaches in the conference. And at first it started out just the coaches and their wives. And then pretty soon we got so you could bring your assistant coach. So we'd have about 12. Oh, 70, 80 uh, people attending <laughs> these get togethers. Everybody tell the whole story. But that way the wives got to know each other. And really to this day, I'm good friends with many of the people I coached against. And we just had a Bay Conference reunion uh, a year ago at the uh, Tidletown Brew uh, Pub in uh, Green Bay. And I, we had about 75 people attend. Chet Jerkovac, the great coach of yep. the Clintonville Hall of Fame. He came all the way up from Florida, uh, so this is what it means to these people. And I tell you, I wish I, wish I could have uh, taped the whole thing or and and uh, put it on video or something, or because it was just a uh, just a great experience and shows you what what the game meant to these men. And you know that same type of thing carries over to young people. I've I've had five grandsons now play football and it makes you realize how the game is really very special when you get out there and you, you sweat and you get dirty. And, and, you know, football is a tough, tough sport. And I think it teaches us a lot about life. And, that, of course, that cliche about getting up and going again after getting knocked down. But, but that's just part of it. You form so many close friendships that you'll have the rest of your life.
5: Coach, I would have loved to have seen you in the Bay Conference reunion last year because I'm sure that, that knowing you as I do, that's your element. You know, being with other coaches and being able to tell stories and to laugh and 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 you've got great jokes. You make people laugh. I I wish you would have recorded that because I would have loved to have seen it.
7: Yeah, well, it was fantastic, and of course. Uh, you know a number of those coaches, also like Kenny Glumsky. He's always got. Yep. He's a pretty quick wit. And, <laughs> and and when you look when you when you can think back at some of the really crazy things that happened, maybe at the time they weren't very funny. You know, as far as, as far as the game goes, but uh, Randy Marsh, he, he's another Hall of Fame coach uh, from New London, and uh, Randy's had some setbacks health wise, but he was there, and uh, we, we were telling the story about the time when. Uh, we were playing them, and we weren't real tough that year, and they were beating us up pretty good. And it was in the fourth quarter, and, and I, I I put the whole second team in, and he put his second team in, and I think we jumped off sides about three times. And I yelled across the field, Randy, I said, I'm putting in the third team, right? And he immediately pulled his squad out, put in his kids that normally wouldn't play. We're probably more like JV players. (laughs) And uh, that was the type of thing how we matched up uh, quite well. And I think we all respected each other. It was highly competitive, but at the same time, we realized it was all about the kids.
3: Yeah. Hey, can we get to a quick break? Bill, uh, we haven't talked to you about the manual that you've written. Let's do that on the other side of the break. We'll continue our conversation uh, with Bill Collar, a coach from Seymour, past president of the WFCA. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show. This is Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle who is uh, the head football coach at Milwaukee Tech. Hey, Tom, I apologize. We should have gotten into the manual right off the bat because all of us coaches could use a manual on on a bunch of stuff. Our guest is Bill Collar. He is a Hall of Fame coach from Seymour, past president of WFCA. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the manual that you've written. Bill, what was uh, the reason for writing the manual?
7: Well, first of all, Tom, it was about six, eight years ago. A number of us coaches were sitting around talking about if young, a young person is going into coaching, doesn't know all the technical aspects of the game, as far as uh, dealing with the public, dealing with the media, sportsmanship, you know, putting together your your game plan, uh, your practice plan, all those kinds of things. So I didn't really write the manual. I edited the manual. What we did, we asked our Hall of Fame coaches to submit articles to the manual and then we put it together and it, uh, it ended up being over a hundred pages of uh, real worthwhile information that young people going into coaching could use. Uh, the art of goal setting, uh, special teams checklist, ethics and your role as a head coach, uh, conditioning, uh, fitting the helmet properly, just a wi- wide variety of things that a young coach should know and Tom, you contributed to the manual also, but one thing we didn't put down which coach submitted which article. We just called it a publication of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association. So it's the WFCA manual. I just organized it, put it together. Got a lot of help from many of the coaches in the state.
3: Hey, for any coaches that are listening now that don't that don't know about it or haven't seen it, is there a way online? Is there how can they get their hands on it?
7: It is available on the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association website. The manual is $10, very reasonable. And I didn't have anything to do with this, but Dan Bronner and a number of the other uh, people, Dan is our executive director, does an outstanding job. But they decided uh, the proceeds from the manual should go toward a uh, scholarship that they put together in my name. And every year we give out, a. I wanted to recognize some young men who normally don't get recognized. So it has to go to a lineman, and they call it the Bill Collar Lineman's Leadership Scholarship. So that's where the proceeds uh, from the manual go.
5: And, and Mike, that is the essence of Bill Collar, that's giving awesome. back. I mean, the, the fact that there's a scholarship that's uh, attached to him that, that has his name on it means so much to us in the WFCA because of all the great things that Bill has done for the WFCA football in the state of Wisconsin through the years, it you, is just so apropos. Did you
3: notice the first thing he said was, "Look, this wasn't my right. idea." Right, and
5: it yep. well, and um, I I'm just going to say Bill is downplaying his role in all of this. He is, you know, a guy who has that, that has done the majority of the work for this manual and deserves the credit for it.
3: Bill, that's awesome. Um, I do I Bill.
7: do want to make the point that early in the manual we have a mentor list. And we can add to that nowadays as there's more coaches. But we have 33 coaches listed there that any coach in the state, a young coach, can contact these coaches to get assistance. Uh, your name is on that list, by the way. I don't know now that you've come back and you're a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be very, very busy. But, uh, for example, uh, a couple weeks ago I had a young man contact me and he said, uh, Coach, uh, I'd like to get back to uh, shoulder blocking. Uh, a number of coaches are doing that, getting you know, away from blocking with the hands. He said, uh, Could you send me some information? I said, Well, better yet, why don't you bring your staff here to Seymour? We'll a little, little mini clinic. And we could do the same thing, you know, like uh, quarterback skills. Yeah. Bob Bresowitz down in that area or Jeff Tricky. There's just a wealth of help in the manual. That's its purpose.
3: Hey, coach, are there things in the manual for for young coaches that aren't coaching football but may be coaching other sports?
7: I think it would relate uh, uh, to practically every sport, like some of the uh, titles of different articles, uh, 16 Tips for Positive Parenting in Extracurricular Activities, something to share with the parents. I've sure. even had coaches contact me and say they, they just run that off and hand it out to parents at their parent, parent meeting. Uh, 17 Ways to Promote Good Sportsmanship at Your School. Uh, do you and your players practice good sportsmanship, kind of a checklist. Uh, The mental game, training your mind for peak performance, maintaining personal motivation, uh, uh, maintaining a positive attitude. 11 keys for coaching longevity. That's one of my favorite ones, Tom, because (laughs) as you know, (laughs) you you can have a down year or two, and, and suddenly the coaching profession isn't as attractive as it once was. So we got to make it through those valleys to experience right. the peaks.
5: Right, and and I know that um, you know you have firsthand uh, information on that because when you took over Seymour, uh, there wasn't necessarily a lot of success there, and and you worked really hard to to make that a premier program, culminating in a state championship. So, um, if there's anybody that knows how to do those kinds of things, it's you. And I would like to also add, Coach, that this manual isn't just for high school coaches. It's good for youth coaches. It's good for college coaches. There's a lot of different uh, uh, coaches that could benefit from this manual.
7: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, it reminds me of a quick little story. I often say my first, you know, Seymour and an MX success. In my first year at Seymour, we were five and four. And people often go, oh, wow, you know. And I yeah, we – we lost five games on the road and we lost four at home. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's, so we were zero and nine, and our team was worse than our record indicated. <laughs> for any you, so it was any a learning were, experience. Unfortunately, I had the background where I had worked with guys like Gordy Schofield up at Antigo and Roger Herring, and I knew what we were doing was right. It was just a matter of getting the kids and their parents to buy into it. And that's. That can be difficult.
3: Yeah, you were getting no free haircuts and popcorn after that first year, <laughs> were you?
7: You got that right. Man.
3: <laughs> so go to the uh, the WFCA um, website. It's WFCA manual. It's a $10. Um, and and the proceeds go to a scholarship fund uh, under Bill's name. And and it just sounds like this is, is a manual that any coach in any sport at almost any level uh, would pick up some really good tips on again, the WFCA website, and then p- purchase the manual for 10 bucks. It's it's well worth It's
5: If you are a young coach, it'll be the best $10 you have ever spent. That is for sure. And, Bill, thank you once again for all your hard work in putting that manual together. And, I, again, thank you for all the things that you've done. Uh, I really enjoy uh, any time that uh, you're up in front of the room and, uh, you got everybody's attention. It's it's a real treat. So, And then thank you for being on the show today.
7: Well, thank you and all you've done for football, past president of the organization, as well as this. What a great radio show. I wish we got it here in, in Seymour. But, uh, well, a
5: podcast, right? I mean, you can listen yeah. to it on the WFCA uh, website along with the WSSP yeah.
3: website. And you know what? You never know. Next year, maybe we'll be up in that area, Coach.
7: Hey, there you go. Hey Bill, right. hey, Bill Collard. Thanks for having me on. You thank bet. you, Coach.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. Again, go to the WFCA website, buy the manual, $10. You can't go through a drive through for 10 bucks. No. Go buy the manual, my goodness. Thomas. good to see you. Great to see you, too. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thank. You. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is the Pick and Save, Wisconsin Football Coach Association show, presented by Raising Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM.